0: Hi, I'm Miranda Plant. I'm an actor, a filmmaker, and a mom, and I live in Tribeca in NYC. I've played over a hundred characters on stage, in television, and voiceover. But I've also played a few in my personal life as well. Join me as we explore all the different roles I've taken in life and in art. So in 2010, I decided that I wanted to do a masterclass with Seth Radetzky. Seth Radetzky is a very famous figure in the musical theater world, specifically in New York. He has a background in uh, musical direction. Um, He's a very brilliant musician, but he also is a performer and a playwright. And he is most famous for his show Sirius XM called On Broadway. And I first became aware of Seth Rudetsky when I would listen to him in the car. We had a Ford Focus um, that my my parents uh, got that I used to drive to work when I was working at the theater when I was doing A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum at the Rose Theater. And every day on my way to work, I used to listen to On Broadway. And even after that show was over and I went back to working at the law firm, it was um, just a bit of a, a, it was something that I, I really enjoyed. Every morning and every afternoon, I would listen to On Broadway. He and Christine Petty and a bunch of other really very funny comedians and performers and industry people would talk about the history of Broadway they would talk with current Broadway performers and it's basically how I got to know a lot of music that I was not otherwise familiar with and uh, and also get also have a chance to listen to some of the classics that I grew up with I grew up watching a lot of movie musicals and I loved movie musicals growing up so anyway um, I listened to Sirius XM, and I remember just being at the law firm one day and looking up Seth Rudetsky's contact, and I I got in touch with his agent, Mark Cortale, and I asked if Seth would come and do a masterclass, purely because I just wanted to do a masterclass with him, and Mark wrote back on behalf of Seth and said, look, you know, Seth would love to come to Toronto to do a masterclass, but he also hasn't done his show yet in Canada, so if you produce his show, then he'll also do a masterclass. His show was called Deconstructing Broadway and it had been performed only in New York at that time so this was his its Toronto premiere and I said yes and I of course did not know how to produce uh, a show but I have never let not knowing how to do something stop me um it seemed simple enough I I I knew some of the steps I was um just a, you know, a 20-something-year-old girl, right, with with no money uh, to do this, but, but somehow a desire to get it done. So I forget the actual order of how I put this all together, but I remember that I then started contacting theaters. Um, I knew that I needed a theater with a specific amount of seats to be able to actually turn a profit on this, otherwise... Um, it would just be a money pit to to put this on. So I began soliciting theaters and getting quotes. Um, and that was really interesting. I, I think that this is the, my first experience learning about um, COIs and, and the insurance needs of theaters. I got the master class to be presented at Randolph Academy. And I had a whole bunch of people who I was really thrilled and honored to be performing in this masterclass as well I remember specifically Blair Irwin she was in that class and that was really exciting for me I'd I knew of her at the time but I wasn't friends with her at the time and I hope she listens to this podcast because um she's someone who I I really love and I care about and I'm I'd like to say I'm fortunate enough to to now have a friendship with and we have um other things in common now But I think we still share in common that love of music theater. It was a really exciting time to have basically all of these people who I admired from the musical theater community in one room with Seth Rudetsky. Before I tell you about the master class I first want to continue telling you how I managed to do this. So I borrowed some money from my parents um, to be able to put the down payments down in this theater and for whatever reason they let me do this. And I, of course, used my own money as well. And I had a few theater critics that I was um, familiar with, so I I reached out to them to try to get some publicity for the the show and and get people in. I wrote to just about everybody I knew to invite them to the show. I had my friend from high school who then had an advertising firm of her own, and there's a there's a famous caricature artist in New York who does caricatures of the of Broadway performers and you know their pictures live in Sardi's and, and anyway so I got her to design a poster that was reminiscent of that caricature artist so it's Seth Rudetsky with a bunch of hands holding you know all these different things um, and that speaks to the way that he deconstructs his musicals and it is it's a hilarious show basically he deconstructs the way that they perform and vocalize a song and why it's important and why it's meaningful and why it uh, will remain in like the Broadway canon as an exceptional performance but it's a very very funny show and he, he tells lots of stories and personal stories about his own um, relationship to the art and I'm really glad that, that I got to see it and, and play a, a role in, in this. Um, but I wrote to the Isabel Bader Theatre in Toronto, which is a very big theatre, but I knew it because I'd gone to the University of Toronto, and that's the the University of Victoria, which is one of the other colleges. That's their theatre. So, you know, in, in a funny way, I had lectures there, um, but I'd never... And I'd, I actually, I, I had auditioned there... Um, but I'd never, I'd never done a show in that stage. But anyway, um, I was familiar with that stage, and it was a big stage for, for a you know very large audience, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of seats. I, I remember reaching out to just about everybody I could, every cabaret artist, every theater company, every, every avenue I could, sending emails, um, writing to every friend I knew, just trying to get people in that theater and it seemed like it was never going to come together um it really seemed like how am i going to make this work and it was also my first time having to take care of like working with an agent to book transportation and hotels and things like that for the artist and in order to save money, I actually had my dad go and pick up Seth Rudetsky from the airport. And I think my dad tried to play along and pretend like he was like a chauffeur sort of thing. But Seth Rudetsky sort of was talking to him. And it became pretty clear, I think, pretty quickly that it was just my dad picking him up from the airport and taking him to uh, the Drake Hotel, which is where I had him up. I have I put him in a cool a cool hotel um, just because I, I knew it was a cool hotel and... and I, I just loved and respected Seth Rudetsky so much. So the day of the show, we did the master class. And I think Seth, you know, he is uh, such a, a vivid and vivacious personality. But he's also very reserved. And I can relate to that. When he doesn't need to be on, he's not. He's, he's quite quiet and to himself. And I'm sure it's because... He's conserving his energy. He also might have been leery of the fact that I was a fan of his, which I can also appreciate. You know, you want to be careful and you want to keep yourself safe. So we do the masterclass and it was in the Randolph Academy. And uh, I remember watching again, you know... My peers performing and and being so wildly happy at the way that he was able to work on their piece with them and encourage their and encourage them to bring more of themselves to the work, but at a Broadway level quality, which is something that at the time in Toronto we did not have, um, and it was it was really cool. And I remember. It's like audacious when I think back to it, but I sang Light in the Piazza from The Light in the Piazza by Adam Guttle, and that is such a difficult song to play, let alone sing. But I think there was a part of me who, you know, I'd, I'd, I spoke about it in an earlier episode, I bombed that audition, maybe not bombed, I didn't bomb it, but I didn't nail the audition I had for the Light in Piazza Canadian premiere, so I didn't get a callback, I didn't get the role. Um, and it, it felt, it felt good to sing that song with Seth Rudetsky and to get positive feedback on it. You know, like he, he sort of quietly pulled me aside afterwards cause, cause you know, I, I, we had a good, we had a good session working on it and I was doing this too in front of people who I was just terrified to perform in front of. So, you know, good for you. Good for you, little Miranda. But afterwards he pulled me aside and he's like, this is really hard for an accompanist to play, you know, just be mindful what auditions you bring this into. He himself is such a talent. So he could just, you know, his fingers would would like whir on the on the piano. But I, I, I heard that I heard that pretty, pretty loudly. And I did love to sing that song. I, I loved that character in the song, Light in the Piazza, Clara, that person who just so desperately was looking for love and it's more complex than that obviously there were parts of that song that I could really relate to and I really loved and it felt really wonderful to sing it so riding the high from finishing that master class was then going to the Isabel Bader theater to an almost sold-out house where I'm meeting people like you know, Sharon Matthews, who was a, a cabaret artist back then, and she still is now, um, and other people in the industry who never would have given me the, the time of day. I mean, you know, it's funny because my only um, interaction with Sharon Matthews before that had been when I'd gone to a cabaret at Mandy's, which was a very brand new thing at the time. But I had gone with, with my friend Megan, and I guess this was around the time of the Christmas radio show. Yeah, it was the February, and they were ha- having people sing love songs at this, at this cabaret, and I sang, Someday My Prince Will Come, and it got, like, complete groans, and I remember Sharon, like, completely, I remember Sharon completely groaning in the background and being absolutely mortified, and being mortified because I had brought sheet music in a key that was, like, basically unsingable. Um, it was it was a little bit too high for my range, so I'm in complete head voice, like you know, legit soprano. Um, and if it was to be a joke, it really should have been sung in the lower register. Anyway, look, I I still had the but to get up there and sing something, but uh, you know, definitely definitely not one of my finest moments. And again, left feeling humiliated. But that was my only other prior experience with Sharon Matthews. So here I am, at you know, at the at the end of the show with. Seth Rudetsky and Sharon Matthews and all of these people who I oh I just admired and revered it was like a dream come true and I had felt so othered in the musical theater community you know I didn't go to Sheridan I didn't go to Randolph and I wasn't you know one of those musical theater cool kids I I was a theater kid from the University of Toronto I had just gotten lucky, I think, with a few leading parts and a few musicals here and there. So it just felt really good. It felt like all that hard work had paid off, and maybe, just maybe, I would be accepted. and And, and I pulled it off. Now, for complete transparency's sake, I did undertake a mammoth task by not only bringing Seth Rudetsky to Canada for his Toronto premiere and a master class, but I didn't end up making any profit off of that. I think I was actually in the hole, maybe about a 1000 um, bucks. And luckily my parents never criticized me for that or got too angry about that. But that would have been hard for them to have, have put up that money at the time. But I think it was really such a joyful experience for really everybody involved. And I think it also just goes to show you as well that if you're a performer or a creative, an actor, and you do want to produce something, you want to bring something to wherever you are, you can do it, even if you don't have any producing experience. I mean, it was, there were not very many producers back then in Toronto, like theater producers back then. um, And there I was, just this young woman doing it. Um, So should you ever have that inkling, I hope you'll follow it. It's possible. But for transparency's sake, I did, I did have a loss on that one. And, you know, it was so cool because Seth actually wrote about me in Playbill, and he referred to me as a young producer and linked to my name, and that link is still active somewhere if you look at his Deconstructing Broadway um, link, and that show was was also nominated uh, for a few awards, so that was kind of cool too, and he deserved every award that he was nominated for. I remember when I first moved to New York, I, I emailed him and he would give me free tickets to come and watch the live recording of his radio shows. And I did that for a few weeks. I would go up to uh, his office in the Times Square area and the Sirius XM building. And it was really cool. It was cool to that he extended that generosity to me as just a young, a young woman, um, uh, a young artist. And uh, there were no strings attached. It was really just wonderful for him to have been so kind and generous and I was I was thrilled to just be in his presence for the the short time that I was.